With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. All right, we are live in Juliet, Dr. Price, for this week's episode of the Paula Price Show. I'm excited about being in Juliet, and I'm excited about why we're in Juliet. Yes. I think that's important. Don't you? I do. <coughs> Let me get a sip of water. All right, get your sip of water. We need your water so you can uh, speak. Without gagging. Yes. We thank God for you. I thank God for all of you who are, well, my Paula Price Show family. That's what we're talking about. Hi, family. <coughs> Let's get it right. <coughs> Excuse me. But I thank God for every one of you. I'm looking for great things to come out of our time here in Joliet. So, um, Prophet Ashley, AIT, <laughs> why are we in Joliet? We are in Joliet for a prophetic ed. Woo! Isn't that powerful? Uh-huh. Prophetic ed. So, you know, one of the things that I am always amazed at is what God entrusts me to do for him and to have Okay. God entrusted me with so much. I'm thinking, huh, what does that mean? Well, I know that I am definitely a catalyst, pioneer, groundbreaker, innovator, inventor, writer, author, developer, coach, advisor. Why am I saying that? Because the prophetic spans all those spectrums, maybe not always in one person. I happen to be a person that the Lord decided that he wanted to concentratively Let us all take a moment. Oh, Jesus, concentratively endow and install all of the dispensation and the dissemination of scripture organic, culturally unmodified Christianity. A lot of people don't know, Ashley, that many times when a founder sends someone to repair an issue, it's usually to take it back to the original state. Because what got it that far, what birthed it, what established it, what brought it to that place is what was working and what was perverted, what was distorted, diverted. We can go a lot of ways. So when God decides to fix something such as the prophetic, he has to take it back to its original state. So we have to know then the archetypical, which is from eternity to earth, and then the protypical, which is from earth to humanity. Aha. So here we are right now with God being extremely disturbed, if not 
ticked off about the prophetic. And why is it the prophetic? Tell me, why is it the prophetic? I mean, what's that all about? Well, that's about what we're doing here with Prophetic Ed and what I will be doing around the world with Prophetic Ed. Now, let me tell you how exciting this is. Around the world, God is going to reset the prophetic. I am an initiator. I'm an innovator. I'm a catalyst. I've been there for the Lord Jesus Christ since 1985. And I've stayed with it. I didn't go off on so-and-so's message and so-and-so's displeasure and someone else's unhappiness. This one didn't like it. I'm envious. I'm jealous. She's egoistical. She's prideful. It doesn't matter because I'm a full package. And God is about to unpackage me and unload me in every area of his ecclesia and his kingdom. All right? So... I like to say ecclesia and basilica, because that's what it means. Kingdom is basilica. So I like to say in his basilica, his eternal basilica, and his eternal ecclesia, God is doing a new thing. We have prophesied it. We have prayed about it. We've sung. We've danced. We've shouted. We've chanted. We decreed, declared, and we revealed and demanded and had a couple of commands in there. You know what? People still don't have a clue about the new thing, because in order for somebody to do something new, the old has got to be obsolete. So God is obsoleting how the prophetic came into existence. And and the thing I, I feel really good about, which is surprising to me, but what I feel good about is that I've been out here uh, long enough to let him do it his way, to do it his way, and to stay with his way. I've taken the blows. I've taken the hits. And all that comes with being a pioneer and all that comes with being a, a, a change agent and a groundbreaker. And I am that. I'm a change agent. Most people will tell you, you pass through my life, you're going to change. And my folks will tell you that going forward. So if God is doing a new thing, we think it's like getting new shoes because we, you know, we just need another pair of shoes. No, you, we, we've outgrown it. You get new shoes because you've either outgrown them or worn them out. Well, we have worn out that brand of the prophetic. Well, Dr. Price, what would you call it? I would call it, just for the sake of identification, I would call it charismatic prophetics, which is gift-driven, gift-operated, and gift-motivated, which means it's individual-motivated. Amen? So God is now resetting the prophetic from being charismatic to being biblical again. See, the prophetic we've had, that we, it wasn't biblical because it was charismatic. Now, you know, a lot of people will have issues with that, but I have done, I've compiled a 116-page document on how we went wrong and how wrong the prophetic has been. So, and it's from a, a credible source, commentators, commentary, etc. Being who I am, I could identify the areas where we diverted from what God had in mind. <clears throat> so God is doing this hard reset. Now, the hard reset is what you're going to hear. Now, people will pick it up as a buzzword because, you know, church is good at picking up buzzwords and slogans and adopting labels and things that they don't know a thing about. That's what they do because it's charismatic, and charismatic is individual. An individual is how I feel or preferential. So God's preferences have had very little to do with the prophetic, but he needed to get it on the books again. You know, in order for God to bring monarchy into, into, um, <clears throat> into existence, 
he had to bring it in with Saul. He didn't bring it in with his best. He brought it in with his least. Just enough to make a showing on the books. There are some things that God will do in your life that make no sense, but they are still what he wants to get on the book. Because one soul, see, Saul sold the monarchy. David watered and nurtured the monarchy. And Jesus Christ gave the increase. So, likewise, Moses sold the prophetic. Samuel nurtured the prophetic. And Jesus Christ gave the increase. Isn't that good? Now, you all know, I, I don't even have a cloth. I, I have them somewhere. I need to slap. See, this is a slap moment. That's all right. Staff getting cloth, even as we speak. Staff is getting cloth so I can slap some things because you know it's slap happy. Now, why is that a big deal? These are, you want to fill in the blanks of what I'm saying today. You need to get here in Antioch Christian Assembly here in Joliet, uh, or not Oklahoma, Illinois. I'm from Oklahoma. Joliet, Illinois. <laughs> Starts Friday night. Go to the website. Ashley will give you all of that information in a moment. Go to the website. Go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, to figure out. Hi, staff. Thank you. <laughs> go go to, figure out, to sign up or go to Eventbrite. Eventbrite is a nice, quick way to go, and you will get here and find out about this hard reset. If you're going to pick up the buzzword, at least have the facts and have the information, and you should get it firsthand. Because by the time I found out, process, by the time you get a secondhand and edited, cut out stuff, you know, because you, you know, you don't, well, because we had to, you know, prettify it for the pub. But you want that raw footage. You want that raw, hot off the press, just coming out of our mouth. So that is what we're doing. We're doing, you know, we're, we're almost picking up from our my June event, the prophetic and present tense. And so if we're bringing it into present tense. We've got to have a hard reset because this thing was not founded on God's word. It was founded on a spiritual move and a gift activation. See, because official prophets linger in activation. They move into operation. And so we're going to talk about how the prophetic operates as God ordained it and how you're going to operate when you move into the prophetic of the future. Because our June event was about the prophetic and present tense. Are you ready for God's future? The prophetic is always staging God's future. Write that down, and I must laugh. Boom. Oh, that's a good laugh. Yeah. Snap, snap. I'm excited. See how that works out? So the prophetic is always staging God's future. Now, you have to find out what that feels like, what that looks like. So we started in June with this, and a couple of weeks before the event, God dropped the word in my spirit when we were having church service, and he said, I'm getting ready to reset the prophetic. Now, we have examples of God resetting the prophetic in Scripture. Of course, when you come out here to Antioch and Joliet, Illinois, you're going to get all of those biblical examples. But what we found out now that we've run this thing for a few years, a few decades, we found out that the prophetic is unsound without Scripture. It's unstable. It's too fluid. See, the gift is fluid. We talked about that last Thursday. Remember, we talked about the two types of, of leadership, solidarity and fluidity. See, the gift is always fluidity. God said to Reuben, you are as unstable as water. 
Because God sees anything watery as being unstable, unsettled, unrestrained, and, and, and easily changed or diverted. So he said Reuben ended up sleeping with his, one of his father's concubines, and God said, but you did that because you are unstable. You have an unstable soul. Now, the Lord Jesus comes, you know, like millennia later, talking about um, he who built his rock on the his house on the rock can withstand storms. That means you can withstand, withstand the abuses of water. You can stand the worst that water can throw at you. But if you build your house on the sand, you won't. You'll be drawn in. You'll be absorbed from the shore into the, uh, into the body of water that you're around. So when you think about where God is with the prophetic today, hallelujah, he finds it unsound and unstable and too watery. Now, we all know what it is to have something too watery, your favorite cereal, too watery. You know, your favorite dessert, too watery. Too much water in your cake, too much water in your cement. Won't hold. This is really good because the, the kind of prophetic education that I'm giving you is not what you're accustomed to because it's not for the watery. You know, the Bible said that God threw hell in a watery grave. I'm just making, you know, some points. So as we go forward this weekend, you want to press your way. If you are a student, if you are a a student of the prophetic or student of the Bible, if you are a prophetic leader, trainer, or educator, you need to be here because you will be in the left behind club because God is going to shift this thing. This hard reset is happening. It's happening whether we approve of it or not. It's happening whether we like it or not. It's happening whether we even understand it or appreciate it. It doesn't matter because here's what's important. When you have a reset, you only reset when the replacement is ready. Mm. So when the replacement for that which is passing away, that which God is moving away from, when that replacement is ready to go, you will understand your dates will close, doors will close, people's hearts will close to you, their ears will close to you, have nothing personal. It will be because their ears have been opened to where God is going and is shutting down to where God has been. If their hearts will be open and their fascinations will be open to what God is doing and not what God has done. And see, right now, we've been in the done mode too long, much too long. So as we go forward and we begin to discuss this, and we're going to dig into it this weekend, uh, you're going to find out what God means about a hard reset. And some of you, it's going to be hard. Some of you, it's going to seem like God is abrasive, that he's abusive almost, that he's intolerant, and he's become callous because this has not served him well. And because God starts everything on earth with a prophet, whether that prophet is acknowledged or not, He has to begin his restoration and reparations with quality prophets, end-time prophets, not just prophets that are sitting there with a telescope looking out in the stars, but the prophets who are tearing down what was so that God can erect what he wants. You know, when you read your Bible and Hosea, I believe it's Hosea 5, 4 or 5, it talks about God said, but I have healed them or cut them up with my prophets. We have loved we love uh, quoting Jeremiah 
Don't we just love it? Pluck up, pull down, tear up. We let sound great. How do you think that happens? What do you think that entails? And how many people have the courage to be a Jeremiah? To be a Jeremiah takes a courage that the status quo has abandoned a long time ago because it wasn't faithful. It wasn't, in their mind, worth the risk. In order for you to be a pioneer, you've got to be powerful. You have got to come from powerful stock, and then you've got to be powerfully stocked by God because you've got to withstand the defense mechanisms, the reactions, the deflections of the status quo that you know you are replacing. The prophet is going in another direction, whether we like it or not. And God's done it before. When he gets ready, he just changes things. But he never changes anything outwardly until the infrastructure is put in place. And that infrastructure begins with change agents, courageous people, and not just brash people, and not brazen people, but I'm just going to say it. No, you're going to learn it first so you say it right. See, that's bold. That's courageous. But just saying it because it pops up in your mind and you don't know what the repercussions are going to be, that's brash. That's reckless. And we've had a lot of recklessness going on in the body of Christ. But I tell you today that there is a hard reset, and by the time we get to December 2019, the prophetic will not look like what you remember, not anywhere in the world. And I'm excited about that. So we're going we're to talk about it. We start Friday night at 7, 7.30. Yeah, we let you get some coffee along the way. Go ahead on. We start Friday night, 7.30, here in uh, Joliet, Illinois, at Antioch Christian Assembly, where Apostle Nona Parker is the shepherd. Now, you want to bring your folk and bring some. Listen, this is not a preacher found. Y'all know, you know Dr. Price. You're going to need some tools, some learning tools, and some learning resources. You're going to need to have your note taken. You're going to need to have your Bible software or your Bible in your lap. You are going to work. This is a working event. So if you're coming to be a spectator, we welcome you. We welcome you, but you will be a little bit disappointed or somewhat overtaxed. Not sure which one it is, probably. So if you're coming to do that, then that you're going to be a little bit overtaxed. If you're coming to think that you're going to stand up and prophesy and wow us with your gift, you will again be disappointed. I'm super gifted. I'll have enough wow for all of us. Not to mention Chief Prophet Tyler Price. So between the two of us, the people will be appreciably wild. Those of you who were with us in June know that. God moved in such an unusual way. We got a taste, a foretaste, if you will, of the reset. So, Reset, that's going to be my, that's it. That's going to be where we're going. That's the brand, prophetic ed, God's heart reset. Prophetic ed, God's heart reset. Prophetic ed, God's heart reset. That's what we are calling this. That is our campaign around the world. Prophetic ed, God's heart reset. You know, the church is so common with um, talking. It's just a little talking platform. Everybody's saying something, doing nothing. Everybody roaming back and forth, coming from no place, going nowhere. And when I say everybody, I say that colloquially and not specifically, because, of course, God has people doing some great things for him. Just not enough. How do I know it's not enough? Brother Bryce, how can you say it's not enough? Because we lost this man's kingdom. We lost his church. 
Witches are saying they beat us out. You need to come to see the videos that we have. They're saying they beat us out. They're saying they took this over. They're saying this is a lost cause. Of course, they're basing it on evangelical Christianity, which is about soul winning and gifting. We are not coming from that vantage point. Our platform is apostolic prophetic Christianity, apostleship and prophetic. That's it. We are coming from the foundation of Christianity, which are the offering mantles of Scripture. Now, I know you like this. Don't you like this? Go tell somebody. This woman is saying something. Go, come, come, share, share, share. And then after that, share, share, share. And once you finish sharing, share, share, share some more, and then start giving. Somebody put that text to give up there for me. You know, I have a powerful team out there, and they don't miss. But I want you to understand that the prophetic did not be- begin with an ev- uh, evangelist. It did not begin. It may have revived as an evangelical movement, and we're living with that right now. But it didn't begin. The prophetic did not begin with the church. There was no ecclesia when Abel was a prophet. It didn't exist. There was all secular. That's why you all have said about the secular folk, but it, it started there. You all didn't want to leave the church walls and go out there to all the earth, preach God for every creature, save him for. And then when you went, you just wanted to save, and you shut God down. And then as soon as you could, you, you, we, you, we portioned off everybody in, 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 under the name of the local church, and then everybody was segmented by congregation. And then once we got segmented by congregation, we kicked out the prophet. The pastor became the general practitioner of all Christianity, the GP. Oh, yeah, well, I does it all. I remember coming up, Prophet Ashley, when I was coming up in Jersey, <clears throat> I would go to these churches. And talk to them about what I wanted to bring. And did you want me to pray? Now, and one man, and just to show you, I was just, I, I always remember him because he was so, so smug. And he said, well, I does the praying for him. You does what? And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm done. <clears throat> we have, not only have we modeled illiteracy and unintelligence, we have now branded it. If it's Christian, it's illiterate. If it's Christian, it's unintelligent. If it's Christian, it's irrelevant. And if it's Christian, it is not material. It is immaterial. That is our brand. And those are the, the, uh, the high marks or the pointers of the modern prophet in Jesus Christ. Charismatic prophetic. That's what this was born on. Well, imagine my surprise when I go back in history, the history of the prophetic through the, through the church. We're not even talking about outside, but through the church. When I go back and find out that the charismatic prophets were always a problem for God and for their community. Because they lacked unity. They lacked uniformity. They lacked cohesion. They lacked consistency. There were no standards, guardrails, or any of those things. I have the document. I, I'm not preaching now out of my spirit out of my bias, out of what I don't like. I'm telling you, in print, since the 18th century, this, and they used to call them a roaming band of prophets. And don't they do? They get the little, we got our friends, and we're a little roaming band. We don't know. And they just show up. They were all on the countryside. They were always running through the, the cities telling people what was wrong with order, what was wrong with stability. In print, people, come see. Come see. I challenge you to come see. 
I challenge you to come in here to see how we got here. Now, I may not be talking to everybody, and some of you may have some real serious issues with it. Understand, I've been out here a long time, so my whole life has dealt with serious issues. So guess what I'm forming for? My formative years were about being living seriousness issues and grave ones. <clears throat> but I want to tell you, because you need to understand why the heart reset is happening. God is taking it from charismatic prophetics back to institutional or divine order. Do you know, and I've been saying this almost every broadcast, so I'm going to keep saying it, and I have it again, in print. But you realize the church has not been in divine order. And so this prophetic did not come out under divine order. It came out under the commandments of men. People had an experience. God started moving. People had an experience. They observed God's experience, blessed their heart, did what they knew. They responded with what they knew. Because you can tell if you're called to the new or the old by how you respond to the new things God is doing. And so their response was, we don't want to, we don't want to cap it. We don't want man to mess with it. Now, you are the men that are messing with it, but that's a whole other story. But we don't want man to mess with it. So we're just going to let it just run wild, run them up like a wildfire in the field. Because we don't want to put any restraints on it. We don't want to put any order on it, etc. Now, where in the Bible have you seen God not follow up every move with an order? Every move. Even the wrong ones he, he didn't like. He still said, well, let's have some order in this era. So when we think about going forward, God always has order. Evangelicalism, charismata, they always want to let wildfires go. They don't want to put them out. We're not going to call the fire department. We're just going to see what they catch on to next until the whole field is aflame and destroyed. Time to grow, people. So God is pulling it away. I promise you he is. I don't care how big the name. Trust me on this verse. I don't care how big the name. I don't care how long the service. God is resetting the prophetic, and he's resetting it with replacement. You know, it's very ironic how the church is kind of like the teenager that burnt down your house. I could fix it. I know I destroyed it, but I can fix it. I can fix Don't want to know what's new. Won't talk to the newcomers. That's why you get replaced because you don't even want to learn. You're too busy ostracizing and alienating and, and, and criticizing. You, you get written out. Some of us, it's not going to be God that writes you out. It's going to be you who writes yourself out because you won't show up. You won't get trained. You won't learn what he's doing. You realize even in a corporation, who do they lay off? The people who write themselves out of where they're going. Some of you all are going to lose your job this year and next year. You know why? Somebody within the next 10 months because you refuse to think change should happen. And you don't want to be bothered with the, the time and the effort that it takes for you to change. You don't want to be bothered with the energy that it takes. You like it just the way it is, going along, just moving along, moving along. And the company is saying, but our competition is bearing down us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our comp- competition is, is right now chomping at our client base, chomping at our revenue base, chomping at our product line. So we, if we want to be an organization that stays around, to in the future, we're going to have to move into the future with what's going on. Now, when, you, when they bring that to all of the, um, the, the staff and personnel, they pay attention to who criticizes it. I'm helping somebody today because I'm helping you not get laid off. So they pay attention to who criticizes. They pay attention to who digs their heels in. And then they also pay special attention to who wages a campaign to gather a following or gather an opposing force. 
And those are the people who they say, we thank you for your loyal service. And, oh, you know what? We have budget cuts. They're not only cutting budgets. They're cutting opposition. And you're going to see that in play with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, because his competition, God ain't got no competition. Yes, he does. And you know why? Right now, part of his competition is you because you don't change, because you won't shift. Because you don't think he will change. You think that this is going to be around. Oh, yeah, brother, so-and-so going to be around what? Uh-uh. God let all of those big leaders die out and go out ugly to let you know that he's in charge. So he is now looking for converts, not conflict. And you all are giving God all kinds of conflict and contention. Well, I'm sorry because I just don't see, well, why would he choose that? You don't like the vessel? Least like, you know, I don't look like anything you think he should use. And yet, I may not look like what you approve of, but I have produced and become what he's going to use. Because I listened for the new thing. I didn't just sing about shift. I wrote and developed institutional guidelines for the shift. I didn't just think about the former things, sing about the former things no more. I packed them away, or I adapted them to the future things that God is going to do. I was there while everybody was out there running, showing off, doing all they could and and being bought out by hell. I was Solomon. I was in the house with the king. See, people, you never think, how did Solomon get so wise? Well, God gave his wisdom, not without it, because wisdom won't attach to ignorance. Wisdom must first excavate ignorance. Because it says, when, when wisdom is in your heart and when this and when that, then wisdom number two comes, and then wisdom number nine and number ten. See, when you read Proverbs, it tells you wisdom will never attach to nothing. It is first a seed bed. And what you do with that seed determines whether or not you become wise. So David, who was considered to have the wisdom of an angel, we talk about Solomon, but, 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 but and they said David, the wisdom of an angel, and, and Daniel, Likewise. So David, we never realized that we got a hundred and something songs that David either wrote or contributed to. Now, the reason I say that is because a lot of commentators said, well, this one wrote, but did my people, my disciples write stuff for me. That's why it sounds like me. Those that will write. So Solomon had his father's training. And so what God came is took that his father's training and gave him the wisdom of a sovereign on top of it. But that wisdom attached to David's development of his son, whom the Lord had already told him would be his successor on the throne of Israel. So if you, and what does it say? Wisdom, man, I love, let me tell you, I love wisdom in Proverbs 8. Because that tells you what wisdom will do. So if you don't have the fundament of common sense, you won't, don't worry about wisdom. You won't get that. Okay? Because you need to have A, B, C, D, and then M, C squared, and pi equals. You need all of that fundamental for the practicality or the pragmatism of knowledge and wisdom to be in your soul. You, you talked about prophetic education, and you haven't had a class on God's prophetic wisdom. But yet, you're, and, and we're to assume that everything you say is from the wisdom of God. And uh, 
if your stuff is from the wisdom of God, I ought to find it in God's books of wisdom. Hallelujah. It's getting hot. They're cooking me in here. Hallelujah. I'm frying. And see, when I start looking, running down, don't y'all talk about my makeup here. <laughs> so I want you to think very differently. You cannot be a high prophet without wisdom. You will always be a roamer. Because the more of God's wisdom you get, the more you realize how important it is to have things in order to, and to be accountable and responsible and all of those kinds of things. The fact that you resist that means that you will not, if you are a prophet, I would have to say you're probably not. You're probably a gift that is waiting to be developed into an office. But if that is your case, you will not be because prophets bring God's wisdom. Oh, that's a left-handed slap. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard it. That's left-handed. Prophets bring God's wisdom, and wisdom is the principal thing. So now let's do this equation. If God does starts everything with the prophet, and then prophets bring God's wisdom to every situation, hallelujah, and God's situations are to be remedied by his institution, long-standing, prevailing, and eternal. What does that mean? The, that you could tell it would start charismatically. Nobody thought about y'all having real textbooks. You had devotional, devotional manuals. You had people's testimonials. Your manuals, your textbooks were devotional and testimonial because they were experiential. And so given like the rest of this world in, the, in this age, Everything was to be read by you, taken by your own understanding, and then applied as you saw fit. Because it was local church model. It was literally culture crafted church. Because you had no model. You didn't plug into anything. You I mean you realize that we can buy we can go to a store right now and see a store that has concealing the floor, all kinds of devices, but guess what they have to do to work? Plug in. Everything in this planet has to plug in. Well, I'm plugged into God. Yeah, the problem is God's in heaven, you're on earth. God's invisible, you are visible. God's inaudible, and you are audible. You realize that you being plugged into God still comes out to you because you got to tell that you plugged into God. Because there's nothing, nothing to make that point for us. You have got to plug in. And the hard reset, meaning this institution, I know you don't want to call it that, but I want you to know all the way back in time, they called it the institution that facilitated and supported government and leadership, as well as educated community. So what are you going to do in God's future? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your prophetic gift? Now, you got this hard reset, but you're not plugged in now. Do you realize that the hard reset and the unplugged charismatic prophet are going to be at odds with each other? And if God is calling for his institution as he ordained it in heaven to show up on earth, you realize there's no place for you in the future. You have to figure out where you're going to fit. Because you're either going to have a duck dig my heels in, I don't care what, lost wife kind of moment, or you're going to move with the cloud. You know, God is always in mountains and mountaintops. Why? Because they represent institutions. They represent solidarity. They represent endurance. They represent immovability. So when we, we're going to go through it, you're going to get a wonderful class this weekend. 
uh, Chief Prophet Tyler Price, my daughter, and I, I, I can honestly say that I, uh, my daughter's amazing. I know she is because, I, A, I trained her, and, B, she, she allowed herself to be trained. See, because a lot of people say, I trained so-and-so, but so-and-so is not using your training. I mentored so-and-so, but mentorship, no, they're not using your training. I'm sitting here now. We're getting ready to uh, commission six apostles, six new era apostleship restitution apostles in November. And my number one rule is if I don't see assimilation, then I'm going to assume that you don't plan to stay to, to be part of this future. You want to stay in the past. See, some people, you just want to sprinkle your past ministry with some new move elements in seasoning. I just want to sprinkle a little salt, a little pepper, a piece of garlic, slice of something else. But in order for God to trust you, you must thoroughly convert and you must thoroughly assimilate. And if you don't know what that is, then you are going to be run over because I promise you, I don't care who your favorite prophet is. I don't care how many numbers you have. I don't care how many tens of thousands of people you reach. Trust me on this word. Now, I have given some powerful words over the years in God's broad spectrum, and they have happened. I want you to know, trust me over this word, you had better understand the reset. Because you need to go back to factory reset. This thing is going back to the factory and the manufacturer is going to reset the prophetic. And you all will not know how God is thinking. You will not know how he's talking. Even though you hear the words, you will hear them with the ears of the old. You will see what's happening and you will immediately assign it to the old. You will sense that God is doing something different and you will assimilate it into the old. And God will not use that. I promise you, you will regret this. You, and, and what I'm talking to mostly, I really love, is my, the, the young people, actually, not up and coming, what they call the millennials. Yeah. See, because, see, young folk change faster than old folk. Yeah. And so I'm telling you, if you are a young prophet, you need to make your way. Because if you are going to be a part of God's future, you need to know how to take the lead in that future. And education is the way to go. Development is the way to go. When I was reading this, I realized that any, uh, any uneducated prophet was assigned to charismata because they were without trainers. They were without whatever. Amos was that charismatic. He was charismatic because he, he said, I'm no prophet, neither was I a son of God. He, he was treated as a wanderer. In that, that, I mean, Amos is plowing his field, fussing about what's going on. He's fussing about this and fussing about that. And God's like, okay, well, you seem to be voicing my issues. Let me send you out there to my corrupt institution and see if you can correct the corrupt. Are you ready for God's future? Are you prophetically ready? Do you know what it means? Do you know God's future? Those who were with us in June found out stunningly. I mean, people were amazed. They were stunned on the elevator. They were stunned on the side of the wall. They were weeping. Some of them were. Others were just staring off in the darkness when they realized, oh, my, when they realized we have been taken over. We have a, a, a video of a witch telling us how they took over. Oh, y'all don't think about that. Y'all go to witch classes, but you don't realize that they're taking over. If they're not taking over me. I'm going to tell you right now, and I decree and declare in the name of Jesus, I am the turnaround. I am the comeback. I'm to bring them back to God. 
But I know that, and I know that because I know why God has to do it the way he's going to do it. God wants to share things with you, but you know what? You don't have an ear to hear. Jesus said in John chapter 8, he said, why are y'all trying to kill me? Is it because my word has no place in you? So you will slaughter everything about what God is doing in the future because his present word has no place in you. Come on, Jesus. Let me slap a little something. Come on. See, I told you, I'm, I, I'm very serious about this. I've given up everything for this man and his mission, his cause. I've everything. I don't have family first. I don't have dog first. I don't have, I got God first, and he decides who number two is. I let God order my life and order my steps. I'm with Jesus. You have got to be able to walk away from everything to be a part of God's future. You realize Jesus told those people when he was on a, pla- on a planet, y'all know that uh, Jerusalem is going to be, you know that this kingdom is not going to, you do realize that this is not going to be around. And they're fighting the change agent. And went so far as to kill the change agent to stop a future they had no power over. You can't. You can't change this. I promise you, this can't stop because, oh, let me just drink a little water. How are they doing with me? They said slap it. <laughs> they said slap it. How's that? Good and slap. So I'll tell you why you can't change it. Because it on earth, God does everything with a prophet. He starts everything with a prophet, good prophet, bad prophet. I know you all think that he doesn't start with false prophets, but we had a Balaam. He started that thing with Balaam because Moses was Balaam's replacement. And so Balaam had to bless Moses because the mantle was shifting from him. Because remember, Balaam was God's prophet. He was the, the Lord's prophet. The angel showed up, but he was everybody else's prophet too. Balaam established a corrupt institution based on divination and money. Whoever paid him got his blessings. And Balaam had real power, people, real power. He didn't have fake power. I know we think because his evil is not strong. That's a mistake. Balaam had real power. It says whoever he blessed was blessed. That's what the king of Moab said. He said, because I know kings know. These people at the top that y'all think are stupid because they money blinded them, they running you. And so he said, I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is cursed. There was no righteousness in Balaam's mantle or mantleship. There was no righteousness in Balaam's choices. There was only the highest bidder. So up until Israel, Balaam had full, unrestrained authority to take up or tear down what God later gave to Jeremiah. But what Balaam lacked was righteousness, equity, and justice. So he would, his prophecies always doomed the little God, always doomed the little town, always doomed the little business, always doomed the little person, the struggler, because He couldn't get the amount of money from the strugglers that he could get from the powerful. So the powerful were always held up by Balaam's prophecies. But y'all got to come and hear the rest of the story because I'm not going to tell you. I'm so glad I'm here. (laughs) Wait a minute. I got to talk back. Heart 
reset. You should. Heart reset. Heart reset. Balaam to Moses was a heart reset. And Moses brought, Moses brought in the factory model. <laughs> heart reset, my friend. Heart reset. And so you, if you don't know, then you're going to be the button that is pushed or the button that's removed. Hard reset. I promise you by the Holy Ghost of God, and some of you all who are real prophets, you're feeling this thing on the inside of you. This thing is bubbling up, and God is sending out a clarion call. He's doing a Noah's Ark. Come in or drown. See, because there's a lot of things in that water before that water rose. There was a lot of things in that water. There were animals. There were sharks. There were whales. There were piranha. There were a whole lot of things. Those people died of more than drowning. And until the water was strong enough to kill off those predators or high enough to suffocate those predators, they were feasting on all those humans that were drowning in that flood. I'm going to sip a piece of coffee. Oh, my. Hard reset. Hard reset. Mm-mm. They getting up, walking around the room. They can't even sit down and They got to walk it off. They told me I got to walk it off. You give them, If the camera goes crazy, don't worry about it. They just walking it off. <laughs> See, that, I t- I'm telling you, I don't care who you are. You can be a giant right now. By 2019, December 2019, you'll be a part of the replacement crew that came out of the reset, or you're going to be a has-been. And people will be saying, I wonder whatever happened to Because the reset team is ready. And they're ready to do what the, what the status quo doesn't know. And it's going to be amazing. So you can do that. A lot of you all are young prophets, and you follow your favorite prophet, and you're going to pick up after this one, and you're going to pick up after that one. I'm going to follow this. I promise you, they ignored Jesus Christ. They ignored him. He told them, this thing is done. And see, when with God, done is not just done because he said it. With God, it's the other way around. He's only saying it to let you know in this realm, it's done. So that's a notification. And, uh, and you get an invitation. So here you go. You get notified. You get warned, and then you get invited. So you've gotten the notification, and you've gotten the warning. Invitation is now. I invite you to be in my future. But if you wish to stay in my past, I can accommodate you. I will be using, taking your resources, however, and shifting them to my future because I must finance and supply my future. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm telling you, now you have had, this is great warning, and you'll hear some people say, but I ain't going over there to Joliet. yet. Well, you stay where you are in Big Land because you know what? We have a lot of stadiums that got torn down when they start putting up the new arenas. See, we stopped having stadiums, now we got arenas. Because the stadium fulfilled its purpose. So stay there in your stadium. Because God is building arenas. Heart reset. Heart. 
hard reset, which means nothing of the present and nothing of the past remains, which tells me something very, very peculiar. It tells me we, everything God does, he controls it by leaving the, the strata or substrate of the original intact so he can always reset. See, it's intact. So God put that substrate in certain people. Certain prophets have that factory, original factory design substrate. Beneath all of the crazy, beneath all of the Trojans, all of the viruses, all of the rogues, all of the fishing, and all of that, between all of the error, all the miscoding, diverse coding, between all of that, there is a button that can bring you back to God's original divine design for the prophet, for everything. But this week, it's the prophet. Aren't you excited? Is this exciting to you all? You should be excited. Now, some of you all are going to be, yay, that's me, until you find out that the reset got rid of you. The heart reset got rid of you. It got rid of all your letters, all your memorabilia, all your pictures, all of your videos, all your warm fuzzies, all your official stuff, all of your essential stuff, took you back to nothing but the day you were born or born again. Heart reset. Heart. The upside of it is it also got rid of your pains and your shames got rid of your offenses, got rid of all of your confusions, your doubt, your unbelief, your conflicts, contradictions, got rid of that too. You shift over, you're going to be part of the factory manufacturing design. And you're going to want to bring your words, and you're going to want to bring, because they do that to me, they come in, well, you know, brother so-and-so said, sister so-and-so said, and I look stupid. Because you know what? What they said, what they said is passing away because it did its job. It fulfilled its purpose. It accomplished the thing for which God sent it. But I don't have to pay attention to that if I'm going into reset mode. Reset mode means I need to know what new data, what new information, what new abilities, what new apps, etc., are going to run in the future because it's the future. That's what I like about the app. You know, the computer, computer people, Microsoft, what do they do? They are always prepared for a reset, always prepared to reload your future. And they reload it, update, downgrade, upgrade, whatever you want to call it. All of that will be a part of it, but do you have the data? See, if the church's issue is they don't want new data. They just want new rewards. We don't want the data. We just want the opportunity. We don't want the data. We want the fame. We want the prestige. We want the compensation. We want center stage. You don't want the data because the data means you have to change things. And I don't know if I want to change for this. I just want to claim my prize. You think it's a, 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 a arcade game. We're just going to claim our prize. Are you ready for God's future? If so, you need to get in line for the hard reset, and it's going to be hard on you. It's going to be hard on you because of your habits. 
It will be hard on you because of your perceptions and, and because of your connections. It will be hard on you because of your risks and all of the threats. It will be hard on you for all of the things that made you who you are today. It will be a hard reset. And for some of you, it will come through hardship because some of us have a hard head. See, we're hard-headed, and so God needs to do that. And when you come, because I could tell you the elements, but I'm not going to tell you the elements of the reset, because I need you here in Joliet, Illinois, with your notebook saying, my class on hard reset. I want you to bring your notebook saying, my class on hard reset, because you need to understand how God's going to do this and where you fit. Very practical. And it's not just me. My daughter, is, she's the one that brought the, in June, she brought the, what is it, the, well, she, yeah, she needs to get up here. Where are you, daughter? Shama, I know she's around somewhere. I need you. Come on. Isn't this wonderful? We just blessed, we blessed Apostle Norman for always accommodating us. Always. We're going to have a blast. There is a chief prophet around here somewhere who will be meandering in. Uh They're used to me. Uh Who will be meandering in. Hi, Miss Meander. (laughs) Yay. I knew she was around here somewhere. (laughs) Because I heard a praise go up. Yes. Did I hear a praise shot? Oh, yeah, on several accounts. Well, I told them about what I'm going to do, so you have to, you know, bring your own. My own thing? Yeah, well, bring your own. What, <laughs> what do you call it? Little taste. My little taste. Little, little aroma. Uh, very good. Um, let me switch pages here, but I. Because uh, you teach when? Saturday morning. Saturday. So you don't want, don't go over there and get hung up in Starbucks. Right. Um, teaching on uh, professional prophetics this yes. weekend, and not from the standpoint of, uh, you know, just learning more, as you would often say, techniques and um, tips for how we can better, you know, express ourselves and, you know, hear from God, but really getting ready for us to take on the professional reality of the prophetic world that is growing around us, mm-hmm. which is what she was talking about earlier today in that hard reset Mm -hmm. because uh, the world is changing. So we have to reset how we're doing things because they have, as you both have said about uh, the evangelical being out there, they have done so well at mimicking our mood. In fact, I was watching a Hollywood celebrity preach a message on the stage of Lakewood and said, oh, my God. I mean, they have us down. Oh, yeah, they, they every maneuver, every phrase, our, our, the, the, our interpretations, our present mm-hmm. interpretations of our Perry, right? all on the stage. Carter Perry. And so I know this is Carter Perry's poets with the, with the nasties uh, and the watchings and the whatever. He's got the message down. They got us down. And it's not even just him. We've seen oh, this. this one. Yes, we've seen this in several instances where we can, where people, I've, I've seen bona fide people who were in, uh, who are uh, professed witches, warlocks, mm-hmm. and occultism stand in churches and have our message down to a T. Mm-hmm. And at least I, you know we're a good teacher. Yes, we are. <laughs> and so I believe that part of the hard reset is because we have to come. We have to literally what, which is what Noah's flood was. 
wipe out the current regime of darkness, the stronghold, the power, cleanse the base level of the church so that we can get back into our place of authority, get Jesus mm-hmm. back into his place of authority, because this thing has become a runaway train. Right. And I'm going to talk about on Saturday how much of a runaway train it is and how much of, of it that um, you may have may or may not, or I should say inadvertently, have maybe even participated in mm-hmm. and not realized it, because that's how sophisticated the warfare has become. That's how miscegenated the church has become. That's how much fusion we have. Mm-hmm. He, he, to me, is a... This becomes symbiotic. Yes. Right. Well, the whole thing is about symbiosis. So it's about symbiosis. Everything is about symbiosis, even mm-hmm. spiritual symbiosis. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of even us as prophets, you know, stepping into the vague world of spirituality, which is why Jesus, I love what you said today about righteousness, but I'll come back to that. But the reason why Jesus had to drop anchors in this planet, mm-hmm. he had to drop anchors to identify what spirit was him and was not him, and gave those qualifiers not just for our personal edification, but for us to have instructions and direction back to the rightful creator because of all of the imposters. And, and for us to be able to guard ourselves. Exactly. Well, how would you? I had a conversation with the person that said, I don't need labels. I don't need religious terminology. I don't need to, things to be defined and categorized for me. I know that the creator is just cause it's the new thing now. Not new. New is old. You get it. Okay, because you wrote before the garden. Mm-hmm. So you understand. So the reality is that the, the present trending was retrending is the whole notion that the creator is bigger than this. He is surpassed all of this. He's bigger than religion. He's bigger than terms. No one name, no one title God can do devil. Okay? Can do it. But here's the deal. Here's what they said to me. So they said, he's so much bigger than that. I don't need any of that. Oh, okay. Okay. So then when you're having your spiritual encounter, how do you know it's from the creator? Well, I mean, I know because I had I had experiences. I what do you call it? I said, okay. I said, so when, when this spiritual thing shows up to you and begins to commune with you, how do you know emphatically that you're hearing from your creator? Silence. Because we don't realize why the definition was there. But they don't think. The church has been talked out of thinking. For example, I want you to go into your favorite supermarket tomorrow with no labels Mm -hmm. on any sense. Absolutely. And I want you to take the farm, yeah, go to your pharmacy, no labels, and then take all the signs off the building, and you're going to call to the supermarket because that's what you aimed for. Mm-hmm. But I want you to tell me when you go in there what you're going to come out with. Exactly. Because, see, you may not think, here's where the stupid is, because it is stupid. That's a stupid comment. Um, but here's where the stupid is. The stupid is in this. You, as a consumer, may not care. But the person who wants to profit off of it and the person who wants to provide and the person who wants to supply and protect, they do care. They care whether or not you have the right label on your medicine. You don't care about labels, but they do. See how dumb that is? And go get your clothes and see what you want. We're going to take all of the labels off. The clothes. And we're going to take all of the names of the articles of clothing. We're going to get rid of them. Let's just get rid of all that. Because, see, you want, here's the deal. You only want to do that to Jesus Christ, and that's because you become an emissary of Satan who's trying to take him out. That's emissarial of darkness. That's seducing spirit talk. And, see, we've gotten away from that. But, see, I can say, no, that's seducing. That's a devil. Yes, I'll call a devil. Because, you know what? I stayed in school with Jesus Christ, and he taught me about himself, and he taught me about his devil. And that's important. You know that's well, true because at the end of the day, nobody wants to have say, a label list. Well, right. I mean, a product fought for that. 
you know, Ralph Lauren fought for his name to be on his stuff. Okay, Vera Jane, come on. copyrights on our book titles, because you mess with my copyright, you're going to get some intellectual questions. Exactly. That's dumb, because you don't think Jesus is real, or either you don't think he deserves what he has. That was Satan's issue. Satan had a problem with Jesus owning and inheriting what he had. And he's from that day to this been trying to get this man's inheritance. And just like he tried to get back into Adam to get back in Eden, he's, tr- he's getting into you to try to get back in heaven. Hey, thank you. For hosting. So that was good. That's kind you of said you got me wound up. You, I, I don't it. need you. And you don't need any help. I don't even know why we're here uh, other than to listen and say, I brought my pad. Lucifer 
a lesser son of God has a problem with. See, you because you haven't been taught your Bible, we haven't taught your Bible, we've not taught you wisdom, you can't even protect yourself. You know, you don't even want God's instruction manual. You off there reading books about the devil that tend to your spirit. Which one? And we're going to talk about that. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be anonymous about anything else. You do not want to be anonymous. You don't want to be, you don't want incognito about yourself. You go to work, you don't want to be anonymous. I'm just somebody showing up. You don't want that. You go to work, they give you a uniform to make you incognito because they don't want your individual self to impose itself on their business. That's why you wear uniforms because they need you to be incognito so you are part of the whole. That's it. Very good. You, I, you should I, I, do this periodically. I was thinking. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking I should have a show. What do you think? I, I think, think you should. should. Yeah. yeah. Twice, Twice a year. Twice a year. Sometimes you. Take it on the road. Yeah. And then come and go. Travel. Yeah. So let me just tell you, I've said a lot today and we haven't even finished, but we've talked about a lot today. For you to get in your car and press your way. You can talk about I'll get it later, you won't, because they don't we're not we're not broadcasting this on Facebook, no freebies. I have a problem with broadcasting something that the a, a bunch of people put their last down for to attend. This is not gonna be that. We're going to establish a prophetic um a prophetic institution here, uh, Price University is going to have its own center here, and we're going to establish that as we move into uh, finishing off our accreditation is going to be here in Chicago Lane. The hard reset set will be here in Joliet. You want to understand it? That's where it's going to be because that's where we're working right now. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know what else we're going to do in the wonderful state of Illinois, but we do know that that is what's happening. You want to press your way now. And while we're talking about Price University, you want to start school, start the process of investigating whether or not you should be in the school, go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and hit the Price University button to get stuff. I'm excited. Do you hear all excited on you? I'm, char- I'm all, you know what I'm charged with? I'm charged with the God. I'm a loaded vessel for the Holy Ghost. And I love it. You know I love it. And I fall in love with Jesus every morning. Then I go and rebuild my love every night. Because this man is fighting a war, and I'm happy to be one of the generals that are helping him win it in the future. Because, see, none of this failure happened on my watch. I wasn't center stage. I wasn't in the big this and the big that. I had a couple of little spurts, and then I had to go back in the house. I, don't even, I didn't understand that until we got here. Right. But I do have the plan. I have the master's plan for the future. Now, you might not think that's important, but don't miss her class on Saturday because she's going to tell you what the, what the devil's masters are planning for the future. And you'll appreciate what we're doing. Don't be lazy. Get up. Go find a babysitter right now and make your way. Get up and up. go ahead. Call in. If you have not been lousy in your attendance, you put, should be able to get some time off. You know, negotiate with your boss. Work some extra hours. But you need to press your way because this hard reset is happening, and you determine whether it's happening through you or to you. What you got to say? You got some circles here and everything. Yes. Well, I'm going to say what you said. <laughs> well, I had a question just in general um, for the people, maybe some from the people. Why isn't activation enough? Because activation has been popular for a very long time. Mm-hmm. As we've done the assessments and people have come through, I've had a lot of calls and people who have said, 
Well, I was activated X amount of months or years ago, and nothing happened. Or I don't know what to do next. Or I have all this warfare that I can't fight off. So why isn't activation enough? Everywhere activation is used in professional context or in instrumentality requires a plug-in. That in order for your activation to work, you have to be plugged into the mainframe in the big system that's managing that particular item or technology. Laying hands on you is what makes you feel good. The person activating you clearly is not plugged in because if nothing happened to you, mm. they passed on nothing to you. So it's a nice public um, action, but it is not. It does not actionize you, mm. and it doesn't give you the actionables of God's prophetic realm. You have to be plugged in by somebody who's plugged in. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying these people are not plugged in in another area. I won't say that. I'm saying in this particular instance, if they don't plug you into the eternal and global prophetic realm, institution, domain that is running this thing, then it's a waste of time. And if you pay for it, you should get a refund. Well, what would you say, too, about the plug-in? I had to make a note of that, too, because I think that what happens is that they don't plug you in because before you they lay hands on you, you get no information. No training? No training, no information, mm-hmm. not even a small introduction to what's happening. So because when you, when you said that you're entering into a mainframe, mm-hmm. it would be understood that you're plugging into something that is already existing. When we talked about our cell phones, mm-hmm. they activate it because – uh, whoever Android, it's already set up. You yep. have an existing mainframe from it, and you're you're stepping into that. But if somebody walks you into a a spiritual experience where they give you no information, no. if they even give no us a handbook, no in no SIM card, no end user guide, no chair for you to know what is happening to you, then they're not even plugging you into the the, the I would say the sum of the knowledge they have. Because you don't know what from them you're actually getting because there's been no deposit. There's been no impartation from them. There's been no release. So then what are they activating you to? You know what I mean? And so there, I can see how you can say there's no plug-in because even all they know, they're not giving you. No. So no. you're not getting anything. And, and, and it takes too long. So, I mean, it looks like activation is really the last step. It should be. It should be. But it's like a degree. The first step. Right. Because we do it as the first step. Mm-hmm to activate, which is why we teach in our school prophetic awakening. Yes. Very good. Yes. First. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not prophetic activation. Well, you know, activation, when you, and just look up all the synonyms. You don't even have to trust me. You know, we, we, we use words so casually, we don't pay attention. Look up the synonyms and look up the uh, etymology. Because activation means something for you to act. It's supposed to set something in motion. Actions in motion for you to act on. Now, you can, I don't care how many big meetings you've been to. I don't care who did it. I'm being honest with you. Uh, I'm telling you that if heaven doesn't back you, you're not activated. You've just been touched by a human. So you've got a little human touch, maybe a little prayer, because heaven has to back you. Let me tell you what, I can prove it biblically. I can prove it biblically. Yeah. Jesus did not activate those apostles until he sent them out, and he didn't send them out until after he fought them. 
Mm-hmm. When Jesus came to the planet, it said a great heavenly cloud of witnesses came with him. That's the cloud to that would activate what he was doing and carry it out. It would peopleize his his work, and it would manualize his efforts. So there are no people who are given uh, instructions from God to you. Yeah. There are no people that's going to pick up the, the none. That's why they're calling us talking about I was activated a year ago. What you been doing? Nothing. Exactly, because that's what happened. Because you shall know them by their fruit. Nothing happens. Uh, because we are all vessels and we are all instruments. And in order for you to activate an instrument, it's got to be crafted, it's got to be designed, it's got to be tested, and then it's got to be programmed. You, activation does not pass on the program. Activation does not pass on the program. That's why it's no, you don't get a plug-in from it. No, because let me tell you something. When you get a plug-in, you know. When those apostles were done with their training, what did Jesus do? Even even with them being sent out in Matthew chapter 10 and Luke 9, that was all testing because they didn't get activated until the end when they said Jesus breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That was their activation. And he knew that they were, he was not only activating their heart, their aspiration, he was activating his education. Thank and he you. was activating his endowment. Yeah. Because activation is supposed to give you an endowment. And if an endowment doesn't come with it, you are not activated. I don't care how many times they use it, you are not activated. And I'm going to go on TV around the world, and trust me, I'm going to say it everywhere I go, every time I get an opportunity, because I want to spare you from that humiliation, that disappointment, that rejection and resentment. Yeah. Because when you leave those ceremonies where it's all hot and everybody's happy and we got the music going, you can't take the band, you can't take the singers, you can't even take the activator. No, he ain't there. The activated, they're not there. So they're doing this because that's another, because uh, trust me, in order for you to have the power of impartation from the Almighty, God puts you through the garbage. You go through the garbage disposal because he got to dispose your garbage. <laughs> Baby, you go through the shredder because he got to shred off what Satan had and what Adam gave you. I want you to understand, you got to go through the, the, mm. the detoxification because he's got to get culture out of your soul. See, it's not an easy thing. I'm looking at my Bible, and as I study, it still takes no less than 10 years to make a quality prophet and no less than 20 years to make a quality apostle. And I'm telling you, that's after these people have had a life. Those apostles had a life. Yeah. They had a career. And God said, that's nice. I'll be you. And he purged them of their career methods and mannerisms. And he used what, the, what, what do you call it? The elements and the, the, what do you call it, the factors that are there. And he functionalized them for himself. So I'm telling you, that is a great question. Don't y'all do it to me? Yeah. But that's a great question. So if you're paying for activation, first of all, if you got to pay, then baby, you need to get a degree. At least a good certificate. Yeah, and that certificate ought to tell you. But none of that matters if, when you leave that person's presence, you're not different. You're not uh, opened. You're not but whatever. Activation should do nothing but affirm that you have completed the activator's developmental program sufficiently enough for God to deploy you. Hmm. I think that's powerful when you said that. You know, you're passing on a program. Activating is about activating your education, mm-hmm. because, like you said, what do you have to act on if there is no education that precedes it? Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it, it's 
it was even more dangerous is that when you go into certain of these environments, I've only been in a couple of activating environments, what's so scary about it is that it kind of puts you in the mind of Saul mm-hmm. because you are activating everything that is presently mm-hmm. working in the, at work in that person. You know what I mean? All of their good, their bad, their ugly. Mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about how when Saul was with the prophets, they're all up in the spirit of God. When the anointing gets in, he starts cursing. Cursing. And that, because that violence is what was in him. And I think that when we're activating people, we're not recognizing that you're also activating their devil, which is why, probably, is it true, we get the phone calls about people having these strange spiritual experiences, and now they can't, they can't understand why they're having wicked dreams, why they're having visitations, why things are happening to them, because you activated every ungodly and whatever thing in their soul as well. At uh, right, and so they don't even have the, the the spiritual fortitude, clout, or like you were pointing out, education or intelligence to 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 fend off, you know, what's happening to them. And so I think it can be a very dangerous practice uh-huh. when you don't allow a person to go through sanctification mm-hmm. and cleansing first, because everything, like the anointing, is not a discriminator in that classic sense mm-hmm. as we saw with Saul. No, it enhances everything on the inside of you. Well, because he uh, he expects us as leaders to be the discriminators as we pass on our filters and our guardrails and our sits or, you know, things to others. He expects us to do that. Right. Because, and I think this all thing is there to show that without God's development, yeah. God's power is corruptible and corrupted because there's nothing to clean it. Yes. Because it's the cleansing of the word of righteousness. The Bible says in Psalm 19, mm-hmm. 7, the law of the Lord converts the soul. Unconverted souls who are activated and anointed will become emissaries of death, and they will become agents of Satan. And they don't even know it, and they weren't trying to be. Mm-hmm. Which is why they're surprised. In. That's, yeah. yeah. And you open it up because what they do in activation, especially in errant and faulty, because that's a faulty or flawed activation. If you've got the adverse demonic responses from your activation, hold on, which is normal because, you know, Jesus got anointed and then went to the wilderness to face the devil. That was on your book, but that was supposed to be at the end of your training because Jesus came as the son of the living God. Adversity is why we do this. So you shouldn't be surprised if we enter that. But Training and development, line upon line upon line, precept upon precept upon precept, allows God to gradually rid you of that which would sabotage you. When he brought Israel into out of Egypt and he brought them into the promised land, he said, now I'm not going to get rid of all of the predators at once. I won't get rid of all of the because see, see, then there'd be nothing left for their leftovers to protect you. So I'm going to rid you of your adversaries. I'm going to rid you of these animals little by little so that you would grow stronger than them. The whole purpose of education and development in God is to make sure that you are built up and edified to grow stronger than what would take you out. So we activate you immature. We activate your infancy. We activate your immaturity. We activate your unreadiness. And when we do that, the enemy knows that he has no guard. He has no resistance to you. See, because he can see when we're resistant. But he knows there's no resistance, but yet you're open to him. So we literally, that activator has handed you over to the adversary to do what they will. 
Now, I don't care how they explain it. Well, I just do it for them to learn God. God didn't do that to you to learn God. Anybody come over. And if he did activate you, he sends you right to training. First, God sends you to training. And then he sends you to the wilderness. And then he trains you some more after he heals and cures. And then he sends you to his field. And we need to stop telling everybody everything with God is easy and instantaneous and problem-free and effortless. It is not true. God is hard. It is difficult. He is the almighty. And if you don't want to know what else to remember as we go forward in God, you need to ask yourself, what does it take for a being to be on top and stay on top eons after eons after eons? For generation to generation And make a promise that he'll be there On top when you get to the end Because if we had to profile God by, by Just by his station, his status And his stature A lot of this stuff would die Because in, other, in order to stay Think about your favorite sports team mm. Your favorite athlete What must they do to stay number one? And you can rest assured it's not some sort of Roman activator coming in, slapping them with the claw, saying, talk about you going to win the, the whatever. That's it's equality. So what do you say to the of, of people who say we do this so that people will know that they're hearing from God? Because there are people who say, I don't know if I'm ever hearing God's voice, if I've ever heard God, God's voice, or how do I know if I'm hearing God's voice? Because this is the typical response we get mm-hmm. when, when people say is the reason why they activate people is not to necessarily just... Somebody who's trying to hear from God. Well, because the whole idea is that the activating process is to, to help you understand that, is to awaken or connect you to God's voice on the huh. inside of you or to show you how to speak and, 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 and release the, the God's voice, okay, from the inside of you. Because if people have never prophesied before, then they go to these sessions to learn how to prophesy and how to hear and work with or connect with God's voice. Hmm. Oh, wow. First of all, I'm going to tell you, if they're unsaved, you shouldn't be activating. Let's say that. So you, and if you haven't figured, if you haven't filtered that your activation is going to produce a Saul versus a David, you need to have some sort of evaluative process where you check that out. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. Second thing, they heard God enough to get saved. They heard God enough to get to the altar. And I bet you if I interview most of those people, they'll talk about they heard God when he told them to t- not to go down the street. They heard God when he told them not to do this or that. So that's number one. Number two, the Holy Ghost is saying right now, no human can open my mouth. Now, that's Jesus Christ, huh? Woo! <laughs> I'll be right back. He said, I did not give any human the power to open my mouth. I love that. Jesus! He said, I made an ass talk. That ass heard me. That is historic. Now, that, so that's why you think I Whoa! I'm going to put hashtag holy spirit. <laughs> He said, I gave no human, that the, is the, a nun, That's good. to open my mouth. That's if I good. tell you to lay hands on a person, I'm using what I put in you. Those apostles did it because God installed himself <laughs> in those apostles and installed the totality <laughs> of his kingdom for their divine <laughs> service. So that installation, that fullness of them, based on their authorization, oh. is what? Because God said, lay hands on no man suddenly. Oh. God said don't lay hands on anybody. That's the Bible. 
your little culture crafted church stuff you want, that is not God. Right, we have to pause. Oh, I can't pause. I'm stuck. No, we have to, thank you. We have to have a moment. Get it out. We have to have a moment right there. You did it. You, you, you made the atmosphere. He said, I never gave human the power to open my mouth to anybody. The Bible says that it's the spirit of God that must open the ears. Jesus. He said, you pray for the eyes of their understanding to be open, and you want to give them prophetic activation before you give them salvation, sanctification, and that's what opens God's ears. God opens your ears. He does that, but God opens you by the Holy Ghost. He said, if I needed them outwardly, I wouldn't have put myself in them. That's what he told me. Now, that's Jesus. He upset. He must not like this because he's like really ticked. Well, I think that's the audacity to say that we have the power to make God talk to you as if he's not a person. I, I think that he does. We, we've noticed over the years that he takes a personal offense yes. the impersonal, you yes. know, uh, yes. uh, doctrines and interactions and dealings with him. Because we have a lot of things that impersonalize God. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm, I'm back here just thinking, but yeah, I, can, I can completely, Holy Spirit, I wrote your neck. I said, that's a quote from the Holy Ghost, because that is the truth. When we think about business, I mean, we just can't go out there as representatives of a company. And do anything we want. And do anything we want. Hire anybody. Hire anybody or say, let's just say, because of who we are in your company, you uh-huh. said anything. Uh-huh. Well, and people have tried to make it through. You need to go and tell, you need to go and tell Dr. Price that we need to do this and this. Okay. So you don't know Dr. Price, first of all. But that's not my job to tell her what to say Mm-mm. and make her do anything. You should know you can't make her. Well, we I can't even, I've tried to get her to talk to people <laughs> and look at people and say, you know, hey, you should, you know, the, uh-uh. I'm not doing it. I'm not talking to send them to so-and-so. I'm not doing, I'm not getting involved. That's not blah, blah, blah. And, and not thinking that God will be the same way. I'm not just talking sure. to this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. You know what I mean? And you, you assume have their life is clean. Well, and God wants to talk to you about that, but I'm holy. But I'm going yeah, Exactly. If you don't have a personal relationship with that person, a person that does, which I understand the intercessor and the intermediary through mm-hmm. this example, but it's like a person that does have a relationship. There are certain people who got into your office because of her, because of me, yeah. and our relationship with you, not because you knew them. Right. And so I do understand that, which is why. And I, don't I nail you when you bring the wrong one? Oh, yeah. God does, too. He's like, what is this mess? Mm-hmm. You know, so he'll, yeah. you know, because he's a person. And I think that activation, the whole process That's of activation so does make it a personal list. You know, a person list. Mm-hmm. You know, very impersonal. If you want to say the, the proper mm-hmm. term. Mm-hmm. You know, very I impersonal. Like I like for personal. <laughs> you know, we got our person in Christianity. But the reality is it's very impersonal, which is why it goes back to what you, how you started your conversation. It's on the other page. But go back to how you started this about saying, but a person that's in that sphere has to bring you in. Jesus said, not bring us into the presence of the Father. Because he wasn't talking to us. Yeah, he said, the Father's not dealing with you because he doesn't know you. Mm-hmm. So I have to bring you in, okay, into his presence. You're coming through me because he knows me. And you're coming on my name and, and my reputation and my credibility. And, and being your daughter, and, and Prophet Ashley can attest to this, being your other daughter, that, that we have done that yeah. over the years, that a lot of people have gotten through because of that reason. We know that with other public figures. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody got to get a sit down with somebody of renown mm-hmm. if they don't know you. And a lot of these people, if they're unconverted and they're not saved, God does not know them. Mm-hmm. And so they still don't know his God's voice. 
You, you, that's just, that's still don't know. Because you, because you assuming your touch opens their faculties, but see, your touch can't open their faculties if the Holy Spirit has closed them and blocked them, protecting God from their uncleanness, protecting God from their lack of knowledge. That's what a priest does. You are to protect the holiness of the God you serve. So uh, oh. we, we we don't get that on another day. But so we we're talking like you have companies that have specific groups of people they allow to talk for them. Yes, that's true. Yes, authorized. Yes, authorized. And and, and not everybody in that sphere. Just the few that about have been found faithful and loyal and dutiful to the organization. Yes. Because a lot of people say, well, I can say that, and they will send you a letter and say, we did not authorize you to speak in our name. We did not authorize you to respond to this on our behalf. Okay? They, they, they'll tell you that. Because I tell my people, uh-uh, did I tell you that? No. Don't you go saying anything I didn't say. And then I tell them, don't you ever let them speak for me again. Right. Because you didn't care enough about my responsibilities, my duties, my vulnerabilities, or my pursuits. To say what is right. What did God say about Job's three friends? He said, but they didn't speak of me what was right. You know, they had their own opinion. And that's true. And so this activation is your activator's opinion and feeling. Uh-huh. But you determining when God should speak, not speak to a person. Well, you can sit there and have a mass a meeting and go and say, God's going to talk to all of you all equally. That goes against the principles of redemption, the principles of conversion and salvation. I think it goes against the principles of life. I don't know anybody who has a conversation. Yeah, I'm about to say, you don't converse with each person the same way. No, I don't. You know, we all have different levels and means of communication when it comes to, like, how we communicate to our coworkers is different than our family, different than our church, you know, uh, members or whatever. There's all these different forms and different places or, or strata of communication based on our relationship. How we communicate is still based on relationship. If these people have never related to God, mm-hmm. then there's going to be no way that they're going to have that level of interaction with him if there is no kind of historical pattern relationship or, or somewhere, some sort of intermediary that can bring them mm-hmm. into that relationship, which is why I, I was always an advocate back in the day of you saying, but we start with prayer. Mm-hmm. Because yes. if it's your, we don't start with prophecy, we start with praying. Because first of all, prayer gets you anyway. Devils come out, you get delivered, <laughs> things start happening to you. You know, so we start with prayer, and then as God cleans, cleanses you through those prayer times, you we started noticing over time that a person will just say, God said this to me. I've never had to activate anybody. Ever. When have you ever heard me say, I'm activating one? No, but when we pray with you, a lot of things stir up. Yeah, so we I'm don't have to worry about that because why? You're sitting in a particular office. Well, exactly. And know? that's another point. I'm glad you brought that up. The whole assumption is that everybody who says, I activate you, is in a place with God. You don't know if they carry the credentials of activation. See, God has activating credentials. Jesus said, these signs. And he said to Moses, this is the sign. Put your hand in your chest. Pull it up. This yeah. is a sign because God works on signs. So you went there, you paid your money, you got activated and all of that, and there are no signs that God honored. I think you said the scariest thing of all, and that is being activated by somebody who God's not talking to. That is rough. That's you know what I mean? Honest. That's a serious thing. You know what I mean? That somebody just laid hands on you and they do not have any kind of communication no. with God because we're going by doctrines. Right. We're going by doctrines. We're going by systems. We're going by, you know, assumption and, and presumption. And God hates both. Well, I think it's 
the real test comes when it's a big minister who's mm-hmm. been out there for a long time, right? Or just has a big following, but God isn't talking to them. Yeah. But the point here's a good question: How do you know? Stop trying to be activated until you do. Mm-hmm. So if God hasn't told you that I sent this person to activate you, now there are people who will do it, like who will anoint you for training, who will anoint you to hear. That's what most activations are supposed to be about, but you still have to bring something to the table, and more than your registration fee. So you need to bring something to the table because activation has an objective, and that objective is to either get you ready for God, which you are not, because these people have more people who are not being ready after these activations Mm -hmm. than who are, because you can't make God do what he doesn't want to do. So that's the first thing. Secondly, well, you can't. But we keep saying that because we keep, well, that's that word of faith, crazy, authority of the believer stuff. Well, you know, God's got to do it, and that God's got to do it. God doesn't have to do anything but be God and get you off his planet when he's ready. Everything else in the middle is great, and, and we need to stop that. Plus, a real, a real servant of God would never be presumptuous. You can tell somebody is falling away from God. That's how I know, because if they're falling away from God and they're starting to have all of these random um, um, unlicensed acts and unlicensed practices, then they have fallen away from God because God is so gracious, but God is stern and firm. He won't bend. He will not change. He said, I am the Lord, I change not. Just because you got saved doesn't mean I am changing. I'm not changing because of your salvation. I'm not changing because of your redemption. I'm not even changing because you're called in ministry. I am the Lord. I change not. And if I didn't allow it for Moses and I didn't allow it for natural Israel, I'm not allowing it for you. And y'all need to stop lying on me because I don't change. You can't make God. I promise you, God is my sugar. I've got the little flat cloth. i got some shirts. I get sugar in my praise. Do you know what? He's still the same, but you know what? That's not right. Mm -hmm. God can't change, and he can't bend. You cannot bend him to your will. So we do all of those outward machinations and all of those human antics so that you are fascinated, Mm -hmm. so that you're excited and you're enthusiastic. God is like, oh, um, He's like, oh, um, and, 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 and could tell because I've gone, people have said something. Like, I go to pray for people. I don't want you to touch, touch them because you carry too much. I don't want to give them that much. He yeah. said, send them to one of your disciples. He said, send them to that intercessor down there. When he says that, I said, oh, Lord, this person's going to go to a journey. Because I, I have proven myself faithful on that which has been entrusted to me. I've proved myself faithful over that dispensation. I am not lackadaisical about the Holy Ghost. I am not impulsive. I'm not drawn into it. And the few times I've tried, trust me, I've had to take and and literally pay the price for it. So I treat God like he is in charge, like he is my provider, like he is my anointer, like he is my boss, he is my leader, he's my sovereign, and I treat him that way. So I don't do activations. I have never had to activate a prophet. You know why? Because all I did was do the program he gave me, and before a month is that, people come to my gift talk about I don't activate anybody. I tell my boy, I'm hearing God like I've never heard him. Yeah. I haven't heard God before. Man, God could talk. I am a walking open heaven. But you also give, it, 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 of course, but oh, without, I just wait. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Well, and before you get all upset, John 151 says that's how we are. 
I am a walking open heaven. I bring the open heaven of God with me on purpose. And you know why? Because God does use human vessels, and not all of these people are wicked. So don't run out there and say all of that stuff, because y'all get all in that negativity. But I'm trying to tell you that there is a righteousness in God. And if you agree with God's righteousness, you are not indiscriminate about his power. I have to come back to that, too. I have a couple things for later. I have a couple things for later to talk about that, and we can come back and visit this priesthood one day. But I love that piece about righteousness, too. But I'll say this before I talk about righteousness. But I think that when people come to our events, especially in those that are coming to, actually, like you said, with that pure heart, wanting to do things right in God. Because I realize that people can't connect to you, but they want to be right with God. No, uh, so they feel on the fence on, on the issue. I understand that. But the reality is uh, you also give us something to act on, yes. which is why you personally never have to activate because Jesus gave them something to act on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So That's you, by word. the time you want it, by the time you hear the information and you take that note, I go back and say, well, I want to say, how do I do that? Activation. You're automatically activated because you want to take action on what you heard. So you give people something to act on. That's my biggest issue with it. There is nothing that happens that nothing by way of basic instruction that happens at these moments to even give them afterwards something to act on. When you just keep hearing and you just keep speaking out, Uh go home and pray, or either stand around in a circle. And just talk in tongues, and I'm assuming it's a tongue, because see, witches got tongues too. But let's stand around and turn, turn, and then say the first thing that pops into your mind. Well, if you if you brought a devil in your mind, and you're praying with a devil in your mind, and they've activated the devil in your mind, guess what you want to prophesy about the devil in your mind? Well, because if your prayers were working, you wouldn't be in an activation session. No, so you'd be just be acting. Yeah, you'd be acting <laughs> on what your prayers were, you know, releasing. So that's that's also that. But I think the key uh, subject that uh, one of the key things that ran uh, throughout today's um, uh, broadcast was this, well, two, wisdom and righteousness piece. But I think the righteousness piece is so important because we bypass that as ministers. We will jump to the exploits over the righteousness. Oh, yes. You know, over going through the process of becoming the righteousness of God, sanctifying ourselves mm-hmm. so we know the right way in which he wants things done. I think the most powerful thing is that you can't make him do what he doesn't want to do, and that God already says, I'm going to operate according to my right. righteousness. And I think that we don't often want to know what that is. Mm-hmm. In fact, we started off this, this segment talking about just even the vagueness of spirituality because people don't want to have to go through the process of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Righteousness takes work. So doing it right means education, means training, means discernment, means filtration, means cleansing, means healing, means sanctification, and all of these things. We want to jump right to the exploits. And that's how you end up becoming a Balaam, which you said earlier, the biggest, his, God's biggest issue with him is not only was he not exclusive, but he wasn't a righteous man. He wasn't righteous. And he, he cared more about his power and his expression and all of that than doing it right. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell the people who want to do it right and fulfill God's righteousness through their gift because they will submit to the process mm-hmm. of learning what that is. And I think that that's the other key with the, all that we've been saying today, that that righteousness piece, and you just ended on it moments ago, mm-hmm. that we're indiscriminate with the power because the power is what we're lusting after, yep. what we're craving. It's for people to see us anointed, to see us powerfully. I raised the dead. I did all of this. And not think about the fact that I'm doing this righteously, and I'm, I'm wanting to give back God a right 
product. Mm-hmm. Jesus was Jesus was very discriminant about, about who he mm-hmm. okay because he's like if your folk wasn't Jerusalem wasn't righteous, their attitude was crazy, and he did nothing no. because he was like I'm not going to get the right fruit out of this and be able to bring back my to my father the right product. Mm-hmm. And I don't I think as prophets today we are too lusty after the power mm-hmm. and the exploits and the like you said uh, having that spiritual experience to care about the character of what we're producing and it, it's righteousness, mm-hmm. the fruit of righteousness coming to God. But that's the work of a chief prophet, which is how I trained you. Because the work of a chief prophet is to see to it that all that God throws out this net, brings all those three prophets in mm-hmm. and then that assesses each one and orders them or ranks them according to where they are in the spectrum of entry to expert prophetic. Mm-hmm. See, we've started entry, and we're, our goal is expert. Mm-hmm. But the chief prophet, and I say that because when I, in what I'm teaching this weekend, the document that I'm referring to saying only Israel's prophets struggled with God for, uh, 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 for his righteousness. That for decades, as long as there was a prophetic guard in Israel that was true to Christ, then God's righteousness became common sense to the people. Mm-hmm. See, God's righteousness is not common sense. Mm-hmm. That's why it doesn't have a common place. Mm-hmm. See, because mm-hmm. God's righteousness to most saints is, is senseless. Why? Because you have been literally nursed on your pastor's application or adaptation of that righteousness to his or her expedient end, which is why you need chief prophets. You have to have them. You got all of these apostolic prophets becoming apostles. They're not apostles because they don't even talk God's right. They can't even look at it. They sit in their dress like fleas. If you're going to talk about you are chief prophets of God, you can't, you can't even come out of Ishtar clothes. You can't come out of the, the, the Diana's attire. You can't cover your boobs. You can't cover your butt. You know, these guys, the men, you can't, you, are you falling into skinny jeans because your crotch is more important than God's righteousness and you want to tell us that you represent Jesus Christ? No, y'all are crotch, butt, bosom, obsessed. And those are fertility devils. Those are fertility spirits. And you are teaching and bringing God's people into fertility rights. No, I'm sorry. I'm okay. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you don't always have to wear long flowing garbs. Some people do, some people don't. But can you be modest? And can you let Satan know that there's no way in? Do you know what the roles are supposed to represent? It's supposed to represent no access to your sexuality. That's what it's supposed to represent. No access. It is your outward sign that Satan has no access to you for temptation, for seduction, etc. I don't understand how all of these preachers are falling. Look at the women. These men are hiring sleazy women, and you're wondering why they're not getting a backroom taste when they feel like it. You're hiring sleazy people. And these women are walking in the power of this goddess because you got a Beyonce and company that is empowering you with your sexuality. God doesn't care about your sexuality, which is why you get old, which is why you can't keep up with it, because that's not a priority. That's a work of the flesh, and we have a lot of works of the flesh that because, because God has not put his um, reset team to work, you don't know that you have consented to host a devil for your appetite in his. A lot of this stuff, that's why you can tell it's the devil's appetite because when you get saved, you don't want it anymore. So you were actually oh, living my. for a devil. Because you don't have a taste for it any longer. See, the fact that the taste can be taken away tells you that the devil that sold it is gone. 
And all of a sudden, you appreciate God. All of a sudden, you appreciate his holiness. All of a sudden, you appreciate his righteousness. The the scales come off your eyes. The veil comes off your mind. The veil comes off your heart, and you begin to see God's issue with this culture and issue with these trends. You can't see God's issues as long as you're hosting his adversary. Yes. I got the camera lady right now. <laughs> because you don't realize the appetite for sin that you have comes from Satan. That's why you can't let it go. Why can't you get free of addiction? Because the reason he convinced you addiction was a solution is still in you. I don't understand. I mean, boy, when God healed me and delivered me, I mean, I, I couldn't even deal with it. Let me tell you, you cannot be tempted by what's not in you. Jesus said, the God of this world has come, and he has nothing in me. He said, they talked about make sure that the light in you be not darkness. He talked about the wages of sin is death. He's talking about the appetite. It's because those things, you don't, humans don't have enough power to resist God with that kind of strength. So Satan strengthens your unrighteousness and your ungodliness. So you have the interest. But he has the inspiration, and he has the intelligence, and he also has one other thing. He has the insistence, because you cannot tempt a person with something they don't have an appetite for. Sure. I'm telling you, there are certain foods I don't like. They can cook it up, dress it up, whatever. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And when I put it in my mouth, my whole being says, well, we don't like this. We don't want this. Mm. You, were, you did not fall because it was an accident. You fell because it was a coincidence with what you've always wanted to do. And God allowed you to fall because you, had, you were so skillful in hiding that from yourself. You hid it so deep in your subconscious that only Satan knew it was there. And he came after it. He came after Job because Job had stuff buried under there that his affluence was hiding, defending, and protecting. Uh-oh, he's like a joke. I don't know, Joe. We coming in a joke. We just don't tell, tell the account correctly. <laughs> she write <laughs> She writing class notes. So I want you to understand, because, see, it's, whether you agree with Dr. Price or not, whether you like me or not, I'm telling you, First of all, y'all are going to love me because God has just put such good stuff on me. You're going to just love me so he can heal you. See, it's not, it's not even just about us having this warm, fuzzy relationship. It's about you being open by your affection for me to listen to God, to get an ear to hear, and to get an understanding heart. I'm telling you, God does not read your heart the way you do. You read your heart from blindness, from naivety, from ignorance, and self-serving purpose. God reads your heart from the digital codes that he put in your system to report to him what you really think and feel. Mm. So God is getting a different report from your heart than you are, which is why you, God knows your heart and you fell. Yeah, he did. Ha! God knows my heart and I fell. Uh-huh. That's why, and you know the people, and the people who say it the most fall the fastest and the hardest. God knows your heart. No matter how much you feel like you're different, you have a corrupt uh, structure, a corrupt constitution of that soul heart. It's corrupt. 
And that new heart is systematically, gradually pulling out and putting itself, pulling out different pieces. Mm-hmm. And that comes from his word. The right pieces don't come from your thoughts and intents. The right pieces come from the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Praise God. God didn't leave this up to us. He never left it up. He left one thing up to us, Adam, and look where that got us. Yeah. He didn't have to leave anything else. He was like, this will take a And the point is true. <laughs> okay. In the beginning. In the beginning. Uh, you know, he doesn't leave this up to you. God's not persuaded by your conviction. He said, if you're righteous, you're righteous for yourself. Yeah. Then he writes that your righteousness doesn't help God. You're righteous for yourself because God lives righteousness because his existence is first. He built his entire creation on his personal righteousness. Mm -hmm. So he does not need your struggling efforts to affirm him. Now, he appreciates it because your efforts convert you. And I don't know why we're in this vein, do you? Because it's like God. When you started with the yeah, reset. Yes, hard reset. reset. We're hard. resetting. Yeah. Hard reset. So I'm going to tell you, and you can sit there and say, I just believe Jesus is a God of love. That's your lying heart telling you that God is bound by his affection. He is not. His affection doesn't change his righteousness. When God is love, then God loves righteousness, not sinfulness, not human indulgence. God loves right. God is love. He loves righteousness. He loves holiness. We never say that he loves those things. He loves you because you want to sin. That's the only reason that love works. So that's your love for your experience. <laughs> you want to expedite. You want to use your sin as a, as a cloak for righteousness. So you want to cloak your sin in love. Mm. Mm. That's what Peter said, though. Yeah, about yeah. our liberty. And he was yeah. an apostle, and so yeah. am I. Well. So I don't care. You can give all of those indulgences you want. You realize that in your com- computer, you give all those false com- permissions. If those permissions are corrupt, your, your, your virus is going to go into effect anyway, mm-hmm. and your computer is going to self-protect uh, itself. Yeah. It's going to start dumping stuff and freezing. You can't, I don't know, what, bang, 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 can't get in my, and you know where you're going to end up? Hard reset. That's right. So even though you give false permissions and corrupt permissions to your own little computer, it's got sense enough to say, uh-uh, that's not we want to protect and to keep itself going. Mm-hmm. But you, in Adam's program, spiritual protection and defense were literally rejected. Mm-hmm. So that is why humans can't protect themselves. That's why we're so vulnerable. We didn't start out being less vulnerable or um, more vulnerable than the animals and the creatures God made. That's not how we started, mm-hmm. but that is how we have developed. So we come all the way down to Ecclesiastes when it said that man may know himself that you are no better than brute beasts. And you got a whole scientific Darwinism talking about we all beat. That's not what God did. That's Satan. That's Adam's failure. Mm. Darwinism is Adam's failure. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is. That's why we act like beasts. Mm -hmm. The whole of sexual immorality is based on bestiality and what the animals do. Well, the animals do it. They don't have a day. Yeah, but that's all you want from the animals. You don't want anything else but they like. Okay. Yeah. Like you want your food there. You don't want to have to hunt, go months without food before you can make a kill. Mm. You just want to pill, 
pull the things that make you feel powerful from their primitive existence. Jesus. Oh, don't mess with us because we got a mind. I got the mind of Christ. Do you? And yes, I do. And the mouth. I got the, the mind, mind and the mouth. And you know, he told me he gave me the mouth. He said, um, I made your mouth like a sharp sword. Yeah. He told me, I did this. He said, and I keep your sword in my quiver. So we talked today. He decided to pull his sword out. So why am I telling you this? Why are we going this way? Because some of you are honest in your spirit, and you're honest in your soul. Your own personal righteousness and personal value system says something is wrong, and I'm contributing to the wrong, and I don't know how to stop. But I want to know how do I begin. I want to know where do I start realigning myself with God. How did I get here? Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are highly intelligent. And salvation did give us the mind of Christ. Well, Those are real. Yeah. But what God needs you to understand is that you cannot have an on-again, off-again experience with him. If you want an on-again, off-again experience with him, then you really don't want an experience. You want encounters. And you want encounters on your terms. Yeah. Now, you don't know that. Because the enemy has blinded our minds to the point that his machinations, his, his methods, his protocols are running, are the running script in our existence without our awareness and thus without our interference. Mm. Mm. We want to give you your will back. We want to give you the power of your will back. We want to give you your awareness. We want to break down that wall of partition where the dirty soul is hiding from the new spirit. We want to destroy that. We want to clean up that soul uh, information and the soul flows to the body so that your body is not compulsively doing what you hate. You hate it. Some of you all, and with every fornication, you hate it. And you, you get sick in your stomach, and yet you don't know how to stop it. You go to sleep, that spirit reinforces itself and rewrites that script in your soul. And so it takes over again. Everyone, with every addiction, with every drug uh, 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 dose you have, you detest it, and you wow. cry out to God. Your soul is so tired, and you're like, could somebody help me? And you want help from some sort of magical way. No, your addiction is the magical way. Mm. See, your addiction mm. brings you into the magic. Mm. Mm. But truth serum, the truth of God, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's that truth, my beloved, that pulls you out of the magic land and the magic world of self-destruction. Because you destroy yourself, and your mind reports that dis- destruction as fun, as pleasure, as safe. Mm-hmm. Wow. So did you appreciate that? Jesus. Wow. So hard reset, yes. But it's hard on your devils. And it's hard (laughs) on your flaws. Mm. But it's sweet to your soul. And it's health to your body. So I can say these things because I don't get stuck on where it hurts. I go all the way to where it heals. Jesus said, I came to set the captives free. He said, and I came to heal. He sent his word and healed us. He said, and I came to set a liberty. That's that's an apostle's job. The fact that we've had all this apostolic movement and sicker people, sicker saints, debtor saints, more captive and enslaved saints, says that we are missing a major piece of this mantleship. 
and we must find it. Listen, I want you to do me a favor today. I want you to just, when you re-listen to this or pass it on, I want you to write me and let me know what you got out of this, especially the last 15 or 20 so minutes. Write me. Tell me what you got. Don't think I don't read them. I read your, your posts, and I pray over them. Mm-hmm. Some of you all know that because you know I reached out to you. I don't do this because, wow, I got people listening. I do this because, sweetheart, I love you. I love every one of you. But I know the pain and sorrow of wanting to be the best you and can't even find the real you. I know that. I am the product of God's handiwork. I was not born with the salvation phone in my mouth. I had to go to the wells of salvation like everybody else. And I had to be cleansed by the blood of the lamb. And I'm telling you, this reset is going to be the best thing that ever happened to the body. And they're going to be free. Got heaven stepping up. And when you come out here to, to Joliet Friday night and Saturday, you're going to find out the rest of the plan and the rest of the process as well as the rest of the medicine, the therapy. Apostles and prophets are supposed to bring you divine therapies that make you new, make you sound, and make you whole. And how do we know that, that's, that they do it right? Because you become closer to God and loyal to Jesus Christ. We have our own criteria, and we have our own standards and our own assessment, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to share with you. Again, join me Friday, 730. I'm kicking it off, and then Saturday morning, you're going to find out. You can't miss this. And if you're a chief prophet, be responsible and bring your prophets. Yeah. If you're a leader, church leader, be responsible and bring your people so they're not shut out of what God is doing. Because mark my words, if they are shut out of it, they're going to blame you anyway. And they will castigate you, and they will criticize you and disparage you for causing them to miss God. People don't like it when you cause them to miss God. So this invitation has gone out, and it's going to be mighty. And the Holy Ghost is already moving, as you can see, and setting it up. So we want to remind you to do that. And don't forget, enroll in school, still not too late, priceuniversity.org. You will love it. It's going to be great. Isn't it going to be great? Yes, great semester plan. For yes, you. wonderful. So we, I thank you for listening. Did you want to have some closing remarks? Also, she wants to give some information about Come on, info tonight. Bro. Yes, if you go to Eventbrite and you put in prophetic and in the search for Plainfield, field, Plainfield, Plainfield, field. Okay, Plainfield, <laughs> Illinois. It will pull it up right there. Sixty-five dollars is the registration, which is change in your pocket. For the information, the location address is on there, the description, what your sessions will include, and you can get your tickets right there and reserve your place. We want to see you here. We can guarantee your life is not going to be the same. Absolutely. Tell me what's happening next week. Oh, yes. Dr. Price will be uh, taping right? yes, your first recording for the Impact Network. We will be with Majesty now, and so she's going to be doing a feature presentation on uh, not only herself, but what's coming up for the prophetic and all of those great things. We will let you know when that's going to be airing in a city near you. And shortly thereafter, in the top of October, we'll be at the Word Network as well and the Christian Network also. So Dr. Price will be coming to a television near you very soon and also very frequently. So we want you to keep posted. Uh, Check out our website. We're going to keep you up to date 
on where she's going to be at www.drpaulaprice.com. So make sure you tune in there so that you can follow the media tour as we mm-hmm. take this around the world. Yes, yeah, I'm having a, ve- a, a long overdue media tour, and I want you to join me. Now, I understand that next week they're inviting those of you who will be in the area, the investors addressing all of that, to be part of the studio audience. Yes. I am good. You know, you ever want to ask me questions, you ever wanted to get information, uh, whatever, well, join my studio audience there because I promise you it's going to be a blast. Well, we're coming down to our last two minutes, Chief Prophet. Huh? There's, oh, we're there? Oh, she said they're slow. So we are there. I love you dearly. Make sure that you press your way. Friday at 730, go to Eventbrite right now. And when you go, pass it on to all your friends. Share the link, share yes, the link, yes. share the link. Because people do have questions and they have issues, but they also want to hear from their God. Don't miss this window. God bless you. See you Friday. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.